preparing for the time of the sun ceremony in Ohio, USA. There's the before, the before arriving, the before including an appreciation of one's physical form, this magnificence that is the body, the millions of cells, each one containing the DNA, each one containing the whole information of the whole being. And in fact, each one containing the whole information of the universe. As Grandmother Parisha would say, you have a whole collective, millions and millions. Who's commanding it? And this is where the phrase comes, who's talking? In a more usual term, one may say, oh, if you're saying something negative about yourself, whose voice is that really? Was it a parent? Was it a school teacher? Was it an ex-partner, current partner? Just those sort of reflections, who is talking? And then when we take it further, who's talking could also relate to the chemical addictions that we have ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about chemical addictions to substances as in hard physical things like nicotine or sugar. I'm talking about chemical addiction to emotion, which like the others is something, is a something. So anger can turn into a something once we bring it in or we arise it from within with our thoughts that become feelings and the thoughts and feelings together. To even have the feeling means that we created a molecule that's inside our body, going to different organs, going to different controls, sending different stories, maybe triggering a whole lot more stories along the lines that justify the anger. You can feel it. If you feel it, you've created a thing. Now that thing you can become habituated to, that means you can make it a habit. Another word, you can be addicted to it. So in this time, one says that it's about a cleanse for the body, much ways we might put really clean fuel in the car every now and then, change the oil, pump up the tires more, get the vehicle at its maximum, well, we can see the body here as a vehicle as well, getting it to its maximum. But there's a time when you take out some of those things. You may take away gluten. You may take away a mass of carbohydrate. You may take away the sugar. There's a lot of taking away. Now, how does this make us feel? Do we still have havingness? It's up to us. We can change it to a time of having a light and energetic body, a time of having delicious salads, having delicious vegetables, having things presented beautifully and eating consciously, tasting, 
feeling the texture, cooking. Smelling before eating, blessing the food. Beloved relations, I give great thanksgiving to all of this, your life experience for our body's purposes and needs. We accept your wholeness and health in our being as we become one in this dance of light. In that blessing, recognising that the carrots the rice, they're all relations. And as it comes into the body, it too becomes cells, again, now part of us. We were never really fully apart, but now just even more, <laughs> more together. This carrot, this rice now makes part of our physical being. There's a choice of consciousness around there. When we eat, do I go to the fridge? Do I quickly have a bite for something? Do I stand at the counter in the kitchen while I eat? Or do I put the placemat down? Do I have a plate? Do I sit? Do I just eat? Even the word placemat it's a mat that creates a place. And important teachings always there. And one that's part of a daily, a daily anything, nightly anything, is cycles of action and the completion of cycles of action bringing power. Most people eat each day. So if we take our eating to the next level of consciousness, we can eat and just eat when we're eating. Have a chat, have a conversation, leave the real, potentially emotionally triggering conversations for another time. A walk is wonderful. Allow the food to be the main focus. Feel it in the mouth, taste it, smell it. Know as it goes down the esophagus, that's your pipe between your mouth and your stomach. Understand a little about the biology. In our mouth, we have a substance called alpha amylase. Amylase is a substance that our body makes to help break down carbohydrates. Alpha means it comes first. So the alpha amylase in our mouth helps to break down the carbohydrates. And for it to do that, it needs the food in as smallest pieces as possible. That is, we need as great a surface area as possible for the amylase to come up against and help chemically break down the carbohydrates while we physically break them down by chewing. How much do we think of this as we chew? and appreciate our body's magnificence of making the right amount of amylase. As we swallow, we now move towards the stomach. Our body knows without us thinking about it. 
to do what's called peristalsis. That's the contracting all the way along, squeezing and releasing, squeezing, releasing, squeezing, releasing in a way that pushes the food down into the stomach. There's a little trap door at the top of the stomach that lets food in and not out. Well, this is not quite working. But a functioning stomach has a trap door. So down comes the food and now it's in. Now this is a new environment. Here, it's an acidic environment naturally. And this is the place and the type of conditions that are conducive to breaking down protein. So it's in the acid confines of the stomach that protease, and you'll notice that word again at the end, ase. So we had amylase, now we have protease. And protease, as the name suggests, is an enzyme that breaks down proteins. So again, the chemical behavior of the protease works best when it has a big surface area of the proteins. So it's important we chew them in our mouth and get them as small as possible so there's a good surface area for the protease to mix in and through and have time in the stomach mixing through because it is this acid environment. Not overly acid, but perfectly acid environment to help extract what the body needs from the proteins. If we keep shoving it full at the top, as soon as we swallow the peristaltic movement, that push, squeezing along the esophagus, squeezing along that tube that links the back of the throat to the stomach, the stomach now has to have more in it. And much like a washing machine that's totally filled to the top or to the front door with towels. You may run the whole cycle, but the water and the detergents don't get very well around to all the towels. You need some space in there to let it swish around and get the soaps in and all of that business. And even to get the soaps out again in the rinse cycle. Much like that, a crammed full stomach, it doesn't have the ability to swoosh it around and swash it around and get that protease mixing right through. Chewing lots, swallowing slowly, allowing the stomach to do what's needed with what's there because there's another trapdoor on the stomach at the bottom. Each of these trapdoors are called sphincters. This opens and now allows the chewed up food that's had both amylase to break carbohydrates and protease to break down the proteins to start moving through our incredibly long and somewhat complex, definitely compartmentalized, that means in little compartments, intestinal system. And as we mentioned, the stomach is acid. After the stomach, we have other organs that squeeze in a little bit of uh, subs, we call it a base, one that makes it alkaline. So now we've changed the chemistry again. And in this new condition, we're able to start having the breakdown of fats, which are called lipids. So the bile, 
you may have heard that word. Bile is a substance that has the capacity to break down the fats. So that's associated with the bile ducts that flow down and enter into this lower part of our digestive system, entering high up in the intestinal system after the stomach to start breaking down the fats. And indeed, knowing that fats are also called lipids, this enzyme, not surprisingly, is called lipase. So we hear the word again. Amylase for the carbohydrates in the mouth, protease with an acidic condition in the stomach to break down protein, and lipase back to a more neutral pH and slightly alkaline allowing the breakdown of the fats. And so it moves on its journey. There's far more complexity and story to what happens along the alimentary canal. How do we get the goodness from the food out of the canal into our bloodstream? Well, there are many places, places where the fine blood vessels called capillaries, which are less far less than a millimetre wide. The width of one red blood cell run alongside parts of the alimentary canal, that's the digestive canal. When I say that, we're talking about basically the tube that starts at the mouth and ends at the anus. And it's across this very fine wall that the nutrients can move, whether they be the proteins, the fats, carbohydrates, the minerals, the salts. So we have a movement out into the rest of the body through the circulatory system. And now we have two systems working together. So going back a moment to the placemat. When we put a placemat on a table and we set the table, we're setting a place. We can also let our body know that we're now going to have that ability, time, intention to take in the food. And energetically, we're letting everything around us know that this is a time of really great celebration as these relations now become part of our body for our body's purposes and needs. Grandmother Parrish has shared a story of watching one of the Rinpoches. That's one of the people with high responsibility in the Buddhist tradition. And this Rinpoche told some of the people, some of the younger monks, to go to the villages and collect arsenic, a poison. It was brought to him and he blessed it. And it was quite clear to those present that he was going to eat it. There was shock and disbelief and sadness. They knew they couldn't interfere and they thought they'd been brought to watch their elder complete his own life. 
But instead, he blessed it calmly, happily, saying he appreciated all there for his body's purposes and needs with his hands either side and the deep knowing and feeling that this is the outcome, that this between his hands was for his body's purposes and needs, for health and well-being. And as he ate it, the other sat quiet. He smiled. They knew it was enough that it would kill many horses. Yet he smiled. He shared the story later that is up to each one of us to make anything for our body's purposes and needs, for health and well-being. And that being energy, everything being energy, it's up to us to set the vibration and the frequency that is most in tune with what we need. So again, an everyday action of eating becomes a purposeful, joyful time. Even if it's something little, you put a place. If you're at home, you may have a placemat. Create the place. Create the bubble. Bless the food for your body's purposes and needs. Appreciate the relations who are part of it. Complete the eating. Notice the chewing, the swallowing, the digesting. Remember the different components of food as they move through your body. Now this is a complete cycle of action. You prepared a space, you brought the food, you ate the food. Now take the plates away, wash them. Put them away, remove the placemat. Now it is no longer a place that you're eating. The eating is complete. It may be that your laptop comes back out now, your work, whatever it may be. So in this time of leading up to the ceremony, sun ceremony, there's actions such as this that can happen every day for indeed the lead up to the sun ceremony is every day of the year since the completion of the one before. And yes, lives can get what one calls busy, that is multiple priorities or um, incomplete cycles of action, different demands, all things that we can create and all things that we can hush and organize as well. Organize, delegate, quieten. Again, there can be the addiction to the adrenaline, the addiction to the feeling of, yeah, it was solved. And all number of other things that enter our busyness. But in this case, as we get closer to the time of the sun ceremony, there's more intention to bring awareness to what's going on. Our merits are in what we do every day, from sun ceremony to sun ceremony. And this time now of increased focus and concentration. And not a time of not having, 
not eating this or not eating that. They're indeed a time of havingness, great havingness, because we have conscious times. We have a peacefulness, we have a joyfulness, we have a reflection time. So wherever you are in your day, when you go to eat, bring consciousness, we can just use the word awareness, bring awareness to the eating. And I know you've heard that before, but bring awareness to the point where you really do see the difference in how you feel. You may feel fuller sooner. You may feel more desire to choose what food you're eating based on what your body lets you know you need. You may know that you've just grabbed something and it's what you've got for right now. But in your conscious moment, your aware moment of saying, all good things, bless this food that it be for my body's purposes and needs of health and well-being. And know it's done. In appreciation to the many sharings and experiences from the one who's known as Parashah.